Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? It's me, Egbert, once again. I'm the new owner of this station. I went out and hired the best talk radio consultant, Jeff Allen from News Talk STL, and told him to hire the worst talent he could find. Jeff did exactly as I told him. Ladies and gentlemen, here are Brad and John. You know, I'm still trying to figure out if we should be thankful or hateful toward Jeff Allen. I, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure which one. But always start with gratitude, Brad, and always <laughs> assume positive intent. That's listen, what we got to do. Listen to you. Uh, this is the Brad and John show, otherwise known on the internet as that horrible show where these two dudes. <laughs> no, no, otherwise known. Well, that, that, to be fair, that doesn't really narrow it down in terms of St. Louis radio. Brad. <laughs> right. BJShow.co. If I say it slow, I get it right. BJShow. Now I can't say it. BJShow.co. <laughs> John Combest for 22 plus years. Is, is your anniversary? When's your anniversary coming up? Is it October? It's October, yeah. So October 2nd, to I, be exact. October 2nd, we'll be able to say, for 23 years. That's right. But right now, for over 22 years, John has combed every source available in the entire state of Missouri to come up with the top number of stories. Now, we just do three, but we talked about this the other day. John sometimes has as many as 25 to 35 stories, average probably, what, 20 or something like that? Yeah, there's probably about, uh, I'd say probably 30 up today, maybe wow. maybe 25, something like that. It's a banner day today. You can find that at johncombest.com, just like it sounds, C-O-M-B-E-S-T, johncombest.com. We start the show off by bringing in a very fa- famous announcer dude. What's your name again? I'm Casey Kasem. And he takes us through the countdown. And what we will do right now is throw it over to Casey, and Casey will bring it up and say, And here they are in third place. A big week in the third congressional district Republican primary. On Monday, as we've discussed previously, a gentleman named Taylor Burks announced that he is running in the third congressional district. As a reminder, this is the seat currently held by U.S. Representative Blaine Lutkemeyer. There are already two announced candidates, Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman from Arnold and former state Senator Bob Onder, who used to represent Lake St. Louis and now lives in Augusta, Missouri. Taylor Burks was on Scott Fawn's This Week in Missouri Politics midweek update yesterday, talked a little bit about the race. The most notable thing, Brad, is he had two, I would say, jabs, maybe love taps, one toward Mary Elizabeth Coleman and one toward Bob Onder. His line about Mary Elizabeth Coleman, and by the way, he was he he praised both of these folks for for the work they've done for conservative causes. He said, Mary Elizabeth Coleman lives closer to Illinois than she lives to the third congressional district. So that was a well-constructed line, I thought. And his line about Bob Onder was that speaking of folks in mid-Missouri, where the majority of votes are in the third congressional district, he said that he has doubts that folks in mid-Missouri are going to take to a St. Louis lawyer doctor. So we start to see the battle lines and some of the early messaging coming forward from Taylor Burks. Taylor Burks' whole point Um, I think the most convincing point he makes is that if mid-Missouri coalesces behind one strong Republican candidate, 
they have a choice, and I'm paraphrasing his words here, to fend off anything that comes out of the St. Louis area, any votes that would go to Bob Onder or would go to Mary Elizabeth Coleman. And demographic, Scott Fawn points to, to some data that's produced by a guy on Twitter called Missouri Mapper points that the mid-Missouri vote for this congressional district is quite heavy. So really interesting interview. As always, on johncombest.com today, I have timestamps. If you don't want to listen to the whole interview, go in and find the specific parts of Taylor's interview where he talks about uh, whatever topic that Scott brings up. Okay, and I want to come back to that in a minute about Taylor Burks, okay? But we we got to move along with the program here. Up a notch to number two. Donald Trump attorney Will Scharf was on 97.1 Annie Fry's show yesterday, and he introduced a new term that I think that we should use in the BJShow.co lexicon, Brad. That word, lawfare. I've heard that quite a bit lately. Yeah, and so I had never heard it until the Annie Fry show, so shout out to Annie and Will for introducing this. But the idea that Democrats are waging warfare against Trump through litigious and tort-related means, what? lawfare. Why? I would I, point. I, go ahead, Brad. I didn't know anything about that. What is? What is he being sued? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think so. I think it's a brand new thing. You know, I think Democrats have just started looking at polls, realize the economy isn't exactly where they want, and two things are to blame: shrinkflation and Donald Trump. We we need to talk about that one because there's something interesting that came up yesterday uh, that uh, I, I read a couple articles on, which dovetails right in exactly what you're talking about nice and so just real quickly i'd point out that folks can go to the link on my website at the 29 minute mark and once again i have timestamps up on the website today will in in summary of his interview he takes a lot of listener questions with that which i thought was really cool and at the 29 minute mark he kind of gives an overview of so for the next eight months until the general election what he anticipates kind of the cliff notes of what of what he expects to happen in some of these cases and moving right along, the number one. It's the number one position, John. Is the, pressure, the number one story pressure comes on. from Jason Rosenbaum at St. Louis Public Radio, his politically speaking podcast. He sat down over the weekend with U.S. Representative Eric Burleson, who represents the Springfield area and the southwest part of the state, covered a gamut of issues, including Ukraine, Donald Trump. A really interesting point, Brad, that you and I have never talked about here. Congressman Burleson talked about the fact that Republicans should start embracing the concept of early voting. Republicans have generally tend to be pretty reflexively against any sort of proposal that expands the ability of people to vote early or vote by mail, things of, things of this regard. Republicans generally dig their heels in. Congressman Burleson's point was, was that Republicans in California really embraced early voting And because of them embracing that and putting some resources into those campaigns, they were able to win some elections out in California. So, again, have timestamps up on the website if you want to listen to that part. I would also point out, Brad, St. Louis Public Radio, these stories pair well together. You have Jason Rosenbaum doing a story about the broadest issues of the day, the the key issues affecting world politics and Missouri politics. And the St. Louis on the Air program featured a situation called WorkFest, which honors the intersection of blackness and queerness, Brad. And the name of that campaign is Black, but make it queer. For those who don't know, intersectionality means, just picture an intersection of streets. Intersectionality is where if you have multiple victimhoods, like you're black and you self-identify as queer, or you're, you know, fill in the blank. If you have multiple victimhoods, 
you enjoy intersectionality. So check out the WorkFest Black But Make It Queer, which pairs nicely with Jason Rosenbaum's serious story about American politics. Did you, and those are the top three today. Did you hear about all the controversy with uh, St. Louis Public Radio with KWMU? No, is it brand new? Oh, well, it's it's started sort of been building. Um, there's a new drinking game, where <laughs> when you wake up in the morning at six o'clock, you turn on you turn on St. Louis Public Radio, and every time there's a story featuring someone who's uh, LGBTQIA, someone who's oppressed, uh, you know, various topics like that, you take a drink, and typically by seven o'clock, everybody's passed out. You're completely drunk, yeah. I thought you were going to say the drinking game is you turn it on and boy, do you need a drink. Well, it's to the point where I have a couple of friends who are um, very liberal and KWMU. Matter of fact, one of them, and to much to the embarrassment of this person, I give this person grief because at one point in time, this person worked in their fundraising department. And, nice. And, very good. Right. Now, and, did they keep any of the tote bags? Like, is their basement full of tote bags? You've got to have a tote bag. Well, see, but once again, now, what's interesting, you, you say KCUR, or is that KCUR? That's what it is. Oh, in, in yeah. Case, you say they're even worse than, than oh, St. Louis? It's, yeah. Or better, Brad, depending on, you know, depending <laughs> on, on what your angle is there. But KCUR is, uh, gosh, how do I say this? If if a humanoid in in the Kansas City region passes a gallstone, you'll have a great story on KCUR about overcoming medical triumph and the institutional hospital racism that manifests itself in gallstones among members of the trans community. You know, see, what I don't quite understand is, and this is what's sort of changed about the radio business, but back in the day it used to be called broadcasting, okay? And we, we don't <laughs> yeah. really broadcast anymore because everybody picks a niche and you you know, you, you, you pick a lane and you drive in that lane. And, you know, once again, if you like country music, you listen to WIO or Bull, or if you like, you know, if you like, uh, you know, whatever it is. If you like hip-hop, you listen to, you know, one of the uh, other stations. If you're a talk radio person, you've got your choice. Now you've got your choice of 97.1, Camo X, uh, the, the the Patriot. The Patriot, the J3 stations, and of course, the most popular station, Rick and Tracy's station, or should I say yeah. stations. I had this conversation with Brian Nieves, and he bragged about the fact, well, I'm on four stations at the same time. Well, BFD, <laughs> there's, only, <laughs> right. there's only one of them you can hear, but that's a whole other story. Okay, so I see, once again, I'm thinking... Put Jason Rosenbaum on KWMU more. He's, to me, now he's see, like... But see, here is my note. This is the argument, and I linked to this today, Brad, if folks go to johncommas.com today. My whole argument, I made this argument in a piece for Scott Fawn back in August, and I linked to it today. Now, Brad, you like to talk about the, the law of unintended consequences. When St. Louis Public Radio handed it St. Louis on the air host position to some minority female... I think she came from San Francisco. I have it in my website. I'm, of course she came from San Francisco. But Jason was passed over, apparently. I don't know. I, you know. I'm not quoting him on this. But instead of getting that role, Jason was, quote, stuck at the role he was doing politics. Now, Brad, would you rather have somebody of Jason's talent level writing about Ukraine and Cori Bush and issues of the day, or would you have rather have him covering – uh, the sound of blackness, or the, or uh, excuse me, work fest, and the intersectionality of black and queers. I see, um, and you can't say neither. 
Now, my answer, let me interrupt. My answer is I'd rather have Jason Rosenbaum covering the most important issues of the day and let somebody that ticks multiple diversity boxes and they had to hire her and maybe they get a write-off or whatever, let them sit around and take seriously people talking about intersectionality. Well, the the problem is you have some – so for, for example, we lost a great radio reporter in Kevin Kleen. Kevin Kleen yes, retired from Camo X, and now he's the communications, the comms person for St. Charles County, works for Steve Elman, okay? Kevin, and a long time ago, like 30-plus years ago, Kevin worked for me, okay, as a news writer and reporter, okay? One of the best. And what's interesting, incredible writer. Matter of fact, he's just, I mean, not necessarily just news writing. I mean, you, you give him a topic, and he can write, like, nobody's business and those people are gone and it's funny you mentioned something um on another one of the replay shows when i was in the studio here this morning getting ready for you talking about how what's happened in in the tv news business is the reason you see new fresh faces as reporters like every year is that they're climbing the ladder they're mm-hmm. they're they're essentially you know they started they started in Poughkeepsie New York and then they got a job in in Sedalia Missouri I don't know if the Sedalia has a TV station <laughs> or not. yeah but and then they got and then a job. Peoria right. and then Omaha and then they and they're moving up the ladder and then they get to St Louis which is a top twenty five market and they're sending out their sizzle reel if you don't know what that is uh, that's like you know here's the best of all my stuff and you chop it together now back in the day it used to be you literally would send a tape now you just put it on the internet um and they're working their way up because ultimately what's the goal they want to be on on wpix in new york or they want to be on on ktla in los angeles they want to be in the top markets they want to be in chicago okay as a result of that they don't really care about the st louis market i shouldn't say they don't care about it but they don't have the knowledge that a kevin colleen or a jason rosenbaum i mean like with jason he's got statewide knowledge because he he follows Jefferson City like you. You know what's going on in the state. Whereas most people in the St. Louis area, once you get outside of St. Charles County, Franklin County, Warren County, um, you know Jefferson County. Well, not even Warren County, but and then and then maybe a little bit. If I mentioned to if I mentioned to uh, the name uh, Mark Kern to twenty people that I walk up in the street, I guarantee you maybe one of them might know who he is because. He's the, the, the county executive in St. Clair County, which is right across the street from the Arch. You know, that's yeah. St. Clair County right there. Most- and, and so, Brad, but, but to your point, too, further to your point, what, you, what you're really getting at, though, is that if you're a reporter that's, that you know you're going to spend two years max, maybe three years in Missouri, in a city or in Jeff City, you have no incentive to form real meaningful relationships with Democrats, Republicans, liberals, conservatives, you know, NGO type people, because you know what? You want to produce your piece and screw them. You don't care about the fact that you need to develop a relationship with this person. Jason Rosenbaum can get on his phone today and get the top Democrat and Republican consultants on or off the record within an hour. Snap, like that. Why? Because he has the relationships to do it. If you're a just passing through reporter and you want to get to Chicago because it's a bigger market in two years, or you want to write for the Des Moines Register and cover presidential politics, you don't care about screwing somebody over. You just want to you just want to produce whatever you got to produce for your editor that day. Yeah, but to a certain extent, and, and, and let me give you the reverse on that. To a certain extent, you and I are in a position where nobody gives cares about us. I oh mean, right. 
I mean, because of the fact that, like, we're this upstart, you know, a morning show or upstart, you know, talk station, the whole bit. If, if like, uh, the producer from 97.1 calls up somebody, oh, my God, it's 97.1. i got to be on the air with 97.1. Yeah, for sure. And I get that. I mean, it's a popular station. And they station. should, yeah. Right. But the flip side of it is, is that what you're doing is, once again, it's this segmented media market. you got to hit all the points, you know, and to the point where, where, where I don't understand, if I were a Democrat... I would be knocking on Camo X and 971's door. Hey, I'd like to come on your radio station. I'd like to talk to you about, about you right, know, I, sure. you know and, and instead, it's like they're radioactive. Like the running joke is, is nobody from the Democratic Party will ever come on, on, uh, on uh, Fox. They just won't. And I'm going, yeah. why is that? And remember, remember when they still had the old news director at CNN and they had the CNN town hall with Donald Trump? And, and remember how the, the journalists, I use big air quotes when I say that, the journalists on CNN were complaining about Donald Trump being on their apoplectic. station. They I'm going like, apoplectic. I'm going like, and the reason why, Brad, is because a lot of these candidates won't go on a conservative network, or let's let's face it, vice versa, because the idea of the downside is more is more scary than the upside. What if they what if they say something wrong? What if the host catches them in a in a misstatement? So they're going to manage their they're going to manage their downside, and instead they're just going to tweet. They're going to have some money on their campaign, write a generic, boring tweet, and that's all they're going to do. Well, you know what? That's why we're the underdog, and I've lived my life as the underdog. I'm a, almost my entire life, I've been the underdog in everything I've done. And you know what? I'm very comfortable in that position. That's right, you know, Brad. I, I'm the guy that's always knocking off somebody else. You know, I mean, not not knocking off, but to the point where, well, like, you know, once again, my traffic network, I was told I was going to fail. Ten years later, I sold my traffic network for a tidy sum and uh, had almost every station in St. Louis as one of my affiliates. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. I don't want to sound like, <laughs> but. You don't sound like that at all, Brad. By the way, shout out to Franklin County Republican Central Committee who advertises the who's advertising now uh, the Lincoln Day celebration correct? yeah well but it's interesting I screwed that commercial up originally I called it Lincoln Days and I didn't read this thing they sent me because last year was Lincoln Days this year it's the Lincoln Reagan dinner yeah Lincoln, yeah Lincoln Reagan so shout banquet. out to those folks you know they're very active on Twitter I've been following them for quite some time and vice versa a lot of good so people. shout out to them yeah a lot of good people in Franklin County uh, Washington has a lot of Republican activity and uh, you know what uh, that's why let's let's be honest that's why Washington uh, and for the most part, Franklin County with my – and by the way, do you know that that, that Mr. Brinker, um, who is the the who is the uh, county commissioner, he's like, they have a weird setup there where they have three yeah. county commissioners. He's the presiding commissioner. They have three commissioners. They have, they have two districts, and then he's the presiding guy. Yeah. He used to be on our on this very radio station. Do you know that? I didn't know that. Wow. He used Great. To do, he used to do football play-by-play. I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I believe he he coined the term freedom love in Franklin County too. Well, according to Scott Fawn, I think I think but, Brinker but, invented that. Phrase. But see, look at that. Look at the the Republican influence in Franklin County, the Republican influence in St. Charles County, and even the Republican Republican influence in Jefferson County. All great counties where people want to move, low crime, things are good. The school districts, for the most part, are are, are decent. You know, decent. Yes, if not, they are. If not good, if not great. I mean, why don't people see this? You know, I just. I don't think know. they do, Brad. I mean, look at the demographics. People aren't moving out of Jeffco and Franklin and St. Charles County, Brad. Right, they're moving in. Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. 
It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of The Brad and John Show. Can you handle it?